Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. You can call yourself a tire store if you don't do alignments, Wes. You just, it doesn't make it so. It doesn't make You can call yourself a anything tree. Anything you want, right? Yeah. You can call yourself anything. I could call myself uh, an orthopedic surgeon, but it doesn't make it true. Uh, we are joined by one, though, on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline, Dr. Larry O'Malley joining us. Doc, welcome back. How are you? I'm good. Thanks, Dad. If you weren't an, uh, an orthopedic surgeon, what would you do for a living, you think? No, it had to be outside uh, the medical field. Yeah, I would actually probably build classic cars. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. You know, Butch Jones went off the rails on us a little bit earlier today, and that is a left fielder right there. Build classic cars. What's your background with mechanics? I mean, that's essentially what I do for a living, right? I'm a human carpenter. So I figured I could probably do it on metal if I had to. I don't, but I could probably learn. Do you like, are you a car guy? Are you a car aficionado? I am. I am. I, I, I guess so, yeah. How about that? Do you have an old car? I do. I have two 66 Mustang Fastbacks. Look at wow. you. That's phenomenal. I had no idea. All kinds of stuff today. Do, do you tinker with them, or yeah. do you do you trust the professionals on that? I try to, but every time I try to, I realize it's better off just paying somebody else to do it. Yeah. So. <laughs> I saw, a friend of mine was talking about this. His son is uh, going to school to be a mechanic, and he's like, you know, when I was a kid, I was always interested in that thing, but I was always afraid if I took it apart, I couldn't get it back together. And I'm like, that's me, dude. So, like, I would never mess with anything like that. I'd like to leave it to the pros. Of course, I'm the same way with human bodies, though, Doc. Mm-hmm. I haven't taken one person apart. There you go. What's your favorite classic car? Your dream car? Uh, my dream car. So I would love to own like a 65 or 66 GT350 uh, Shelby. Um, so, and we're in the process of building a, a, one of those Mustangs that's being built right now. That'll be kind of a modern version of modern drivetrain in an old car. So it should be pretty cool when it gets done. That's fun. Is your wife interested in this hobby or does she just kind of leave you alone on this? She leaves me alone. She's just like, do whatever you want. (laughs) I like it. Uh, I wanted to ask you about a uh, torn labrum in the shoulder. That's uh, a lot of Razorback fans, baseball fans, are uh, curious about this because of Peyton Stovall uh, towards labrum. He's going to have to have surgery. What's that look for him uh, over the next couple of months, fall ball, next year, dealing with this? Yeah, so fall, so surgery, you're going to play at least six weeks after surgery. Uh, starting therapy about that period of time, um, and then working on strengthening and stretching your shoulder out after that labral repair. I mean, fall ball is normally out uh, from my shoulder labrum. I tell them no real baseball for at least six months, and I like my contact athletes. So like my football players, I like to wait nine months um, before I, they get hit um, just to get them back. I don't always have the luxury of that time, but like in a perfect world, that's how long we'd want to wait in terms of really returning them. But for him, from a baseball standpoint, ball ball's probably out, but ready for next season without much problem. This may be a dumb question, Doc, but it won't be the first one I've ever asked you. What, what is a cause for a labrum injury? Is it overuse, or is there something else to it? Yeah, so interesting with a lot of baseball players, a lot of baseball players with no shoulder pain do have small labral tears, and they tolerate them just fine. I I tell my, my throwers um, that if I want a reason to operate on them, I will just get an MRI because they all have some tears <laughs> in their shoulder. It's, they get to tear to the point that now it's symptomatic and where it hurts or their shoulder's unstable where it's sliding out of the socket. So that mm. labrum is a bumper that keeps the ball in the socket, and so when you tear it, the ball's now sliding around where 
um, it feels unstable or it can actually dislocate. Yeah, I can't have my ball sliding around. What about prevention then? Let's talk about that. How do you prevent this from happening? Yeah, so um, biggest thing is strengthening particularly the, the little rotator cuff muscles around the shoulder and also the, the scapular muscles, the, sh- the shoulder blade muscles. Um, so that's what therapy focuses on. I have multiple football players right now with uh, labral tears in their shoulders that we're trying to just rehab um, to get them through the season. Um, and so depending on their sport and like football, for example, you can you can lock them down or you can put them in a brace. So you see these uh, uh, college and NFL players in braces on their, on their arm. And that's keeping them so their shoulder doesn't go into a position where it feels unstable. Um, so that's how you kind of protect them. But really, you prevent them by just trying to keep their shoulder as strong as you can. And what about for – you have a labrum in your hip too, right? Correct. Okay, so what about for prevention and, and things there? What what are the – same kind of idea, same kind of concept? Correct, yeah. And then stretching. It's interesting enough, so the, the labrum in the hip actually doesn't really provide as much stability. So the hip socket's so much deeper, so the bone provides the stability for the hip. The shoulder, the, lab, the shoulder is still flat, the socket's so flat in the shoulder that the bumper, the labrum, is much more provides stability. But in the hip, it actually helps keep the fluid between the ball and the socket. That's what the labrum is, and the hip is more of a gasket. Um, and so because that actually reduces friction, um, as much as cartilage reduces, fr- it actually reduces the friction on the cartilage by having fluid between the cartilage. And so that labrum actually keeps the fluid between the ball and the socket of the hip to reduce the wear on the hip. So that's what the labrum in the hip does. It actually kind of serves a little different function in the shoulder. Gotcha. Rangers got some bad news earlier this week. Jacob DeGrom is going to have to have uh, Tommy John surgery. He says that he wants to try to be back next year and helping a uh, potential playoff run with the Rangers. Is that possible? Yeah, it's possible. Um, it's interesting when you look at recovery in, in uh, Major League Baseball, a lot of it's based off where they're at in their contract um, and that they may take over a year to recover. And I think that's more by choice than it is by uh, necessity. Recovery is really nine months to a year, so I mean he could be ready this time next year. Um, so potentially the second half of the season, that's a very reasonable time period to come back for him. But you do see some of these uh, pitchers; they definitely wait and and take a year and a half off um, and would be the following season to come back. Yeah, like uh, Dylan Carter with the Razorbacks. I saw where he had his in uh, May, uh, but they're not expecting him to pitch next year. Is that being just? Kind of being smart with a younger player. They're not player. expecting, or they think there's a chance. I thought the, the what I, the story I read. They're not expecting him to pitch. I mean, I think it's just the kind of probably. I think it's a little too early to tell. Uh, I think a year is a reasonable time period to come back. You can get them back a little faster, depending on how hard they want to work. Um, but it, it may be they're just trying to set the like trying to tailor expectations mm. and see how he looks next year. May's the really early. Like if you think a year. Well, the year from May is really the middle of the season towards the end of the season. So it's, it, is there going to gain much by pushing him back right at the end of the season to pitch? Probably not. So that's probably why they're saying, yeah, next season's probably out too due to the fact that it was May. Where if it was March, maybe there's a chance you have him back. But that's probably the downside of where, you, where the timing is. You really do need almost a year uh, for most athletes. What sports injuries are you dealing with right now? Um, it's just a little bit of everything. Um, we have some, some shoulders. I do a lot. I mean, I, I see a lot of hips right now. I have a lot of my high school and college students uh, want hip surgery now, so we do a lot of hip surgeries during summer break. 
Um, and then we're, we we see some ACLs, but we don't have with the with the dead dead uh, dead period and whatnot. Thankfully, we don't see as many ACL injuries this time of the year. Um, but they'll start coming around here in the summer and into the fall. What would you suggest to parents to? You know, during the summer to get their kids ready for the fall sports, whether it's volleyball, football, what do the, the, the athletes need to be doing right now? Yeah, uh, the biggest thing is, and particularly for like football, is acclimating and, get, and making sure that the kids are getting in a good, um, uh, good cardiovascular workouts on a, at least biweekly or, or more often than that. So when they go to summer camp, they're not the heat, not being running or doing anything like that. And so not just lifting, but getting outside and getting a good. Um, cardio workout, I think, is very important. Um, staying stretched out, um, particularly for like our volleyball players, um, and then just not overdoing it. I have some athletes that kind of have to tailor their expectations right now and say, "Look, our goal is to have you ready for the fall, and so pushing ourselves right now is not gaining as much." Um, and so making sure they don't do too much, particularly if they do have a small injury, and in, in that where it gets exacerbated as they're coming up on the season. Yeah, you know, Justin knows, and, and my daughter's playing volleyball. It's crazy uh, the, the summer workouts that they have. I mean, they're they're going a lot during the summer of course they have a two-week dead period that's mandated by the triple a but it's it's basically keeping them in shape and so that they're ready when the fall gets here yeah i guess it's kind of not right. like the old days right I, I think that's very good it's just making sure we also don't overdo it too there's like a there's finding that right uh mix of where we want to keep them in shape but we don't want to make them work too hard this time of the year where they're not ready for the season or they're overused by the time they get to the hmm. So that's where just kind of tailoring it to your athlete. Um, but particularly I see in football players making sure that they're at least getting um, enough of a cardio workout so they're ready for summer practice so they're not just being scorched by the heat when they're outside in summer camp. Interesting. Doc, appreciate it. We'll let you go. Appreciate yep. the time. UAMSHealth.com slash orthopedics for more information. You can call for same or next day appointment, 501-526-1046.